Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. Um, I am recording this once yet again in my bedroom. Um, I can hear the the hum, the noisy, distracting hum of the my wife's mini fridge next to me. I'm sure the blue Yeti is picking it up. Um, I don't know how the acoustics are in this. I am not monitoring it through headphones. I hope it's not too bad. But even if the sound quality was good or pristine, the actual quality of the podcast would still be horrible because it's me speaking my soul and personality into archival audio recording monotone like a bitch in this episode i will be i'm arbitrarily calling this episode under the skin which isn't of a movie based on a video game at all i'm just i don't don't know i watched six movies and i i figured i better i actually i actually wanted to watch the secrets of dumbledore and I kind of wanted to watch the whole trilogy. And I'm like, I better start a new episode before what, before starting a new adventure. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know what I mean. Um, today is November 29th, 2022. A peak season at Amazon has started. My back is broken in 80 billion places i wanted to mention the other day i went in for my 3 a.m shift and this older gentleman was there i usually see him during the 8 30 a.m shift and for whatever reason i saw him at the 3 a.m shift to be generous i would he he might be in his 60s but in all honesty, he might be in his 70s. And I just I just started thinking, why the fuck is this guy here at 3 a.m.? Why have his children and his grandchildren failed him so that he, ne- he felt the need to come in at 3... Oh, my God. He, he has his nice little shirt on. He's wearing pants. He usually wears shorts. I don't know why I remember or notice what he wears, but I do. He usually wears jean shorts, but this time he was wearing pants because it was 3 a.m. and it's cold. So this old-ass motherfucker had to get up, uh, who knows, uh, maybe 1 a.m., maybe 2 a.m. This fucker had to get up, uh, sorry for cussing so much, at 1 a.m., and then get to work at 3 a.m. I don't know if he did a double. Why has society failed this man so? And he's... Amazon is a hard job for anyone. And I, I know it might not seem that way. I think it's hard. It's very tiring, exhausting, mentally, emotionally, physically, for sure. So... what? Why cannot why can't this man rest? Jesus Christ. 
this uh, poor man, poor old man. Um, if you're full time at Amazon, you, you work at least in my building. I'm sure it's different everywhere, but in my building, we work eight shifts. It's a lot of work, full time, and then for peak season like Christmas. It's mandatory to work at least 10 shifts per week. It's mandatory. It's part of the job. And I get it. You know, well, the workload is high, so we need to make sure we have our bases covered. I don't know. It just seems weird, like mandatory. I don't know. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm only like three, four days in. Anyway, let's get this motherfucker started. Um, let let me look at the movie. My list of movies. I don't even have it. I'll actually. Let's start with the Good Nurse. I wanted. I actually tried watching the documentary, and I was so distracted whilst watching the documentary capturing the killer nurse that. I I couldn't even I didn't feel right listing it on my Excel sheet that I had watched it. That's how distracted I was. But I wanted to watch this with my wife because my wife is a nurse. And I've never really seen her wor- work, but I'm assuming she's a good nurse. Um but I don't know. Maybe she's a terrible nurse. I don't think so, but anything's possible. The Good Nurse is a 2022 American drama film starring Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne featuring the serial killer and features the serial killer Charles Cullen and the fellow nurse who suspects him. Um, I, li- I like the movie. It's entertaining. It's a slow burn for sure. Good performances and... You know, it's two power. I would say powerhouse performances. Um, Jessica Chastain, which she's really good in this, but like I think it's established by now that she is a very good actress, actor, as is Eddie Redmayne. But I'm, she has a style of acting, like Joe DeRosa says, that she's. I, I think Joe said. Um, that she's kind of a boring actress. And I think Pat says the same. Or maybe I'm just making that up. I don't know. But I, I understand what they mean when they say she's a boring actress. I don't think she's a boring actress. She's good. It's just... I don't I don't know what to say. But I'm surprised she followed up her Academy Award winning performance of... I forget what it's called... The eyes of Tammy Faye. With this, where she's kind, of, she kind of went back to her old standard way of speaking, acting. Da 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 da. It feels like a small movie, but it was good. It was entertaining. The story is interesting. Eddie Redmayne, like this, is the first time I kind of really respected him as an actor. And I think I've only seen him in the Fantastic Beast movies, which he he 
he's a weird actor like he he puts on a really good performance but he's kind of weird and in here he's playing a serial killer but he's really good in it he really gets into the character and um i recommend you check it out it's on netflix um the film also stars nanamdi asomuga kim dickens and noah emmerich um i think you should check it out it's a good movie good performances and i decided well i watched it with my wife and then right after this i decided to try and rewatch capturing the killer nurse and i gave it more of my attention the second time around there's there's a manner of speaking that some people sp- speak where it's like really slow maybe i speak that way but it's like like i'm going to read this sentence in on the wikipedia page in this slow manner that i'm talking about charles cullen confessed to killing up to 40 people in nine hospitals um my point is that some people talk this way in a documentary and it kind of drives me nuts and that's how amy logren speaks and it's not her fault it's just the way she spoke but it kind of reminded me of that um leaving neverland um like no uh, no offense to those gentlemen but one of them or both of them spoke so slowly and weirdly that it kind of annoyed me and i understand the director was probably just like speak speak how you speak but i if i was the director i'd be like could you say it oh i don't know then if you're telling him how to speak then maybe it it sounds kind of contrived or weird but i don't know this documentary was a little bit slow for my taste a little bit padded but second time i watched it i i liked it a lot and i liked the story and i thought it was interesting no offense to amy logren who went through a traumatic thing and at one point when they were playing recordings of charles cullen my wife was like oh he sounds like the actor so it really made me respect eddie redmayne um and after watching that that that's the reason why i kind of want to go back and watch the fantastic beats trilogy and finish it off with secrets of dumbledore which i haven't seen yet i am a huge harry potter fan and for a movie called the secrets of dumbledore to come out and for me to have no interest in it is kind of amazing and it kind of just speaks to the fantastic beast movie as a whole but after watching red main in the good nurse and kind of finding a new found respect for him as an actor i kind of want to watch these movies again just just to see him perform um but who knows i might hate it um up i'm kind of going kind of quickly 
I'm at the 12 minute mark. Um, I, I, I should pad this some more. What else can I talk about? Um, uh, I've been eating a lot lately. A at work, I, I don't I don't need to get into it too much, but I work. F I'm scheduled for two four-hour shifts, right? And there's an hour and a half in between shifts. And the reason for that is because each shift, there's a flexing, um, I don't know what to call it. There's a flexing thing that could happen. When they're low on work, it can flex down to three hours. So you work three hours, you get paid for three hours. And in that case, there's two and a half hours in between shifts. And... But when they're busy, like peak season, Christmas season at Amazon, they usually flex up one hour to five hour shifts, at which point there is only 30 minutes in between. So I wake up, get ready for my shift. I don't have time to eat breakfast because I get up at the very last minute that I can because I'm exhausted and tired and I don't want to wake up or get up or exist in the world. And so by the time I get to work, I'm hungry, drink an energy drink before my shift. During my break, I've been going to the break room and getting chips, another energy drink. And then in between, there's 30 minutes, which there, it's, there's not enough time to go out and get food. So I eat more chips, perhaps a cookie, another energy drink. And then during the second during the second break, maybe another bag of chips, maybe another energy drink. And then after 10 hours of work, I'm exhausted, but I'm also starving. And late, I don't, I'm embarrassed to say what I ate yesterday, but I'm going to go ahead and say what I ate yesterday. I don't even know... Well, I, no, that's not true. I was going to say I don't even know what compelled me to order so much food. But I do know. I was starving. Um, I ordered a big-ass burrito. And then I ordered something called pork green chili fries. And I did... I, I should have expect I should have known that it was going to be huge cuz it was 6.99 and I was like that's going to be some hefty ass fries and it was and I'm like I have to eat this now this is not going to be good later I sat in my car before I went home I ate it all I ate it literally all and I'm embarrassed, I guess. This is me confronting my bad eating habits. But today, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to weep. But I went to Del Taco and I ordered an epic chicken guacamole burger combo with a large fries, a large cherry Coke, a chicken quesadilla, and a half pound bean and cheese burrito with green sauce. And I ate it 
on the way home, I should get back to the movies before I start crying because I feel like I'm on the verge of tears. I watched Pearl with my wife. I really liked X. Um, I told my brother about X. He was not impressed. He then watched Pearl before I did. He was not impressed. Pearl is a 2022 slasher film directed by Ty West, co-written by West and Mia Goth, who reprises her role as the titular character and featuring David Corwin, Corin Sweat, Tandy Wright, Matthew Sunderland, and Emma Jenkins Puro in supporting roles. Um, I liked Pearl. I like Mia Goth a lot. I, I'm pretty sure I preferred X. I think X was just really fun, and plus there was a lot more nudity. Um, I'll leave that in. I won't. Uh, uh, nothing wrong with nudity. All right. All right. Um. I liked Pearl, but I don't know. It felt just like I think I liked the the group, the the cast of characters in X. I liked a lot, and I liked Brittany Snow from the Pitch Perfect. And I don't know. I felt like it was a funner movie. And Pearl, it to me, it felt like a little lesser of a movie, a little less fun. But I liked it. Also, it's kind of a bummer. Also, I related to the movie a lot because Pearl wants to be like a star. She's like, everyone's going to know my name. And that's like something I think we can all relate to. It's something that I can relate to, um, especially in the world of social media. Everyone wants to be a star, and no one is a star. When everyone's a star, no one's a star. And the story of Pearl is just kind of a bummer because, spoiler alert, she ends up murdering her mother, her father, who is, I don't even know what you call it, like a, I don't know if turn up is the right word, but. He's immobile. He's unable to speak, unable to move, unable to walk. But he can breathe. Um, and then she murders her sister-in-law. <laughs> I really like the ending scene and the end credits. I think I, I don't know. It, it's such a <laughs> it's such a unique end credits, and I liked it a lot. And I like that she committed to it. Um, I feel like uh, I'm going to watch that clip after I stop recording this. Um, here's, here's another thing. In the Wikipedia page, it says, Who lauded Goth's performance and its homages to the films of the golden age of Hollywood, particularly The Wizard of Oz and Mary Poppins. Are they talking about that scene when she's performing? When she's auditioning, it's like a 
it's like a 30 second scene uh, what else is there um she kind of has sex with the scarecrow i don't think they're talking about that when they're referencing wizard of oz and mary poppins um i don't know what they're referring to i am looking forward to maxine or max scene let's see when that's gonna come out um but it in march 2022 West announced that he is currently working on the script for a third movie in the film series, which will be set chronologically after the events of X. The project will explore another subgenre of horror and will continue the depiction of cinema's influence on society, exploring how the development of home video releases did so. Uh you can't make a slasher movie without a bunch of sequels. It doesn't really say when it's going to come out, but hopefully soon. I I liked Pearl. I think you should check it out. I bought the Blu-ray and I'm glad I own it. Um I like Mia the Goth a lot. Is Mia Goth I was under the impression that she is still with Shea LaBeouf. Um, yeah, it says Shia LaBeouf, 2012 to 2018, followed by 2022 to present, which I don't know. I hope I hope they're happy. I know Shia LaBeouf is a troubled gentleman. I know he was shooting dogs at one point, which. And one on the one hand is unforgivable. On the other hand, you know, I'm, I, I don't believe he should be, you know, put in a glass cage and filled with cement and buried alive. I, he was a talented actor for a long time. I, I never watched Even Stevens, but I, I saw clips of it. And I thought he was a very good actor. He was in um, he was in a movie where he played like a mentally I don't know the right word, but mentally deficient gentleman. And he was very very good in it. I think it was called True Something. Looking for it now. Um, surfs up Transformers. Maybe it's on television. True, true confessions. True confessions. Yeah, I think he he played who is development delayed due to oxygen deprivation at birth. He was very good in that movie. Uh, there was one point where, like, he. In three in a three second scene, he almost made me tear up and cry. That's how good he was. So, I kind of feel like I'm I'm rooting for him. And now that I know that he's still with me, a goth, like I don't want him to be like put to jail and put to death. I I hope they're happy. I hope they can.
coexist together and take care of their daughter, Isabel, born in March 2022. Um, sorry, I'm reading. I forgot I'm recording. Oops, my mic was off access for a possibly 10 to 15 minutes there. I didn't even notice. I'm holding the Blue Yeti in front of me. It's probably a very stupid way of holding the Blue Yeti microphone. I don't I don't know what to tell you. But Pearl I kind of want to watch it again, but I definitely want to see the end credits scene again. If you're unfamiliar with Pearl, Pearl is about this girl, she lives on a farm. I I just realized I didn't really talk about the good nurse and what it was about at all. God damn it. Uh, Real quickly, the good nurse is about this lady named Amy, and she is an RN nurse in the ICU, I believe. And she meets this guy who's a nurse. They start working together. His name is Charlie. And eventually she realized um, that some weird stuff starts happening, like medication mishaps. People, A lot of patients start coding, even though they seem to be recovering. And then eventually there's an investigation on the guy Charlie. And she refuses to believe it because she was became very good friends with him. And... That's the sad thing about the good nurse is that I feel like there was a genuine love between Charlie and Amy that was true and real. And um, she didn't want to betray him, but, you know, she eventually realized that he was hurting people. And if she didn't do anything about it, he would continue to hurt people. So she kind of had to participate in the investigation. It's an interesting story, and it was a good movie. Also, never mind. We're moving on. Pearl is about this girl who lives on a farm. Uh, As I mentioned, her father is immobile, unable to speak, but he's still breathing in a wheelchair the mom is very overbearing german strict german and she she's like um basically she's like you will never make anything of yourself you will stay here and work on the farm you are not better than me and pearl is like no i am better than you i'm gonna become a star but she it's just a sad story. She doesn't really... I don't believe she makes anything of herself because according to X, she stays on that farm. And... Well, they don't really tell you what happens after. You know, after we watched Pearl, my wife was like, is there a sequel to Pearl? And I'm like, well, the sequel is X. And my wife was like, well, yeah, but they're already old in X. Like, what happens after Pearl? And I'm like, that's a good question. And, you know, I 
that would be a good question for Ty West. Maybe I I don't think they're going to make a sequel in between Pearl and X. But my wife, for one, is curious, and I, for one, am curious as well. So maybe he's thinking of something in the hopper. I doubt it, but and. Basically, at the end of Pearl, she leaves a trail of blood, and she doesn't make anything of herself. And it's it's kind of sad, but it's a fun horror movie, and I liked it. I think you should check it out. Done with Pearl. Mia Goth, I believe she was in the Susp- Suspiria, Suspiria remake. I believe she was the girl who, like, distorted her body, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but she, her body was like, um, I don't even know what I was trying to accomplish there by making those sound effects, but anyway. Next on my list of movies that I have seen lately is The Wonder. The Wonder came in on Netflix. My wife put it on. We watched it. There's something weird about... At the beginning of The Wonder, it shows like a gymnasium. It looks like a school gymnasium. And there's like a set. And then there's a narrator who goes, The story of the Wanderer is about a group of characters who truly believe the story that they're existing in. And then slowly it moves into the story of the Wonder. Very, very strange beginning. And it's never refreshed. It's never referenced. It's never called back until the end where they're like, see, they believed the story that they were in. Uh, I, I don't know what they were trying to do. It was kind of confusing. It was kind of a dumb, to be honest. It was unnecessary. It, and it's not, I don't know. It was a very weird way to start and end the movie. But the movie is about there is a, a girl. They're in like Ireland. And there's like this girl who says the story is that this girl can survive without eating. And they don't really they don't really point out why this is fascinating or why it's important, but I'm assuming it's because there is famine. Famine runs rampant in Ireland. The Irish famine. I don't know. I don't know too many details about it. But I think people are fascinated because, well, if this girl can survive without eating, maybe there is something to her. Maybe she is some sort of miracle. Maybe there is a scientific explanation where... Other people will be able to survive without food because there is not enough food to go around and 
somehow this girl is thriving. So they call in this nurse played by Florence Pugh, Pugh, Pug, Puget. I like Florence Pugh. When we're watching the movie, I turned to my wife. I'm like, do you recognize this girl? And she said, yes. And the first and only thing that I thought of was Midsummer. And Florence Pugh was amazing in Midsummer. But my wife goes, she is the sister of Black Widow. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. But yes, it it bummed me out a little bit that Florence Pugh, well, it's not a bad thing to be recognized as the sister in Black Widow. But I hope people seek out Midsummer. I hope people are aware of this amazing performance that Florence Pugh just blasted onto the scene in Midsummer, And, and I, I, I know and realize that most people will know her from Black Widow because it's just a much bigger thing, a much bigger audience, but please go watch Midsummer. Um, Florence Pugh is very good in this movie. She's a very good actor, actress, I like her. I like her a lot. And so basically the 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 gist of this movie is this group of men, white men, hire her, they hire her and they hire a nun who I believe is also a nurse to watch this girl. They take they watch her in 8-hour shifts and they're like you're going to watch her for two weeks straight. Um, if she wants food, you can give it, but you are not to investigate. You are not to interrogate. You're not to badger her. You're just there to watch. And Florence Pugh, over the two weeks, you know, starts to care for this girl. And spoiler alert for the wonder it's basically it's revealed that her mother was chewing the manna quote unquote manna from heaven like the bread the communion and then feeding it to the little girl via mouth like a bird like kisses her on the mouth and gives her bread that's how she is able to live and thrive and flourish and upon reading like there's a weird scene like it's not explicitly clear at least not to me but the reason she's the reason she's fasting this girl's fasting is because her brother did something called double love where the brother I had to read about it on the Wikipedia page, but the brother raped her. And the brother was like, oh, the love of a sister and the love of a wife when she was like nine or something. And then the brother died and the sister is like, he died because of God's wrath and I must fast 
so that my brother will leave hell and go to heaven. Disturbing stuff, to say the least. Um, the ending of the movie is pretty sweet. I don't know if I want to spoil it. Well, I'll go ahead and spoil it because I don't know if anyone's listening to this anyway. But the end of the movie, she's um, Florence Pugh is like she hatches this plan because her family doesn't really like the girl anyway. They they don't really say that they hate her, but they're like she, they basically feel like oh she she sinned. So she deserves to die or whatever. But Florence Pugh kind of grows to love and care about this girl. So she says, um, you're, you're going to die. You're going to close your eyes and die. And then you're going to wake up a new girl. And basically Florence Pugh has this plan to whisk her away. And they're going to become mother-daughter along this with this other guy who will become the father i guess kind of a sweet ending to the movie because she gets to get away from this horrid horrid um, mother and family who kind of threw her away and don't really like her anymore and florence Pugh, there is a bit of backstory where she lost a child so she gained a child um, worth a watch, slow burn for sure, um, but worth it for the performances. God damn it. I forgot to mention that in The Good Nurse, there's a little girl in that movie who is a good actress. I don't know her name, but the older daughter, she was good. And the daughter in The Wonder is good, too. Um, let me see if I can find her name. I'm not going to find her name. God damn it. Um, Killa Lord Cassidy. Uh. So The Wonder on Netflix. Uh, I recommend it. If you... If you don't, if you're not in the mood for a slow burn, maybe wait till you are in the mood. Let me check if Florence Pugh is still going out with Zach Braff. Um, from 2019 to 2022, I it doesn't say if they're still together. Can I say? I hope they're not. I just hope for Florence Pugh's sake. I hope they're not. God damn it, I'm exhausted. I rewatched It Follows. Um, I gotta change position here. My back's hurting. So I wa I rewatched It Follows because I watched Smile and I felt like by the middle of watching Smile I felt like it became so derivative of It Follows. You know, there's this thing 
this terrifying thing that gets passed on from person to person and in the middle of the movie the main character of smile tries to figure out why, why is this one person alive where everyone else is committing suicide and and the guy tells her like this is how you pass it on and that's that's it follows to a t i will say it follows i like it but there's something about it that puts me at a distance with it um there's something about it it feels it feels a little amateur it feels a little homespun as pat walsh has said which is part of its charm but it's also it feels a little weird you know i like maika monroe she has a cat dennings quality to her in terms of her voice and i don't know there there's one there's one sequence where they're all like waiting for the thing to show up and i'm like you're showing them waiting i don't know something something off about this movie that didn't work on me uh upon first viewing and upon second viewing i enjoyed smile a lot more which it's kind of a shame because I feel like shame, a smile took a lot from It Follows. But I think Smile is a more solid, entertaining movie, in my opinion. Um, the scares, though, I liked a lot. They were effective and really disturbing. Like, just, just a person walking slowly towards you, following you, is creepy. And, you know, first it takes the form of an old woman walking across a school. And then, like, various women or men in various forms of undress just standing there or walking. or It's creepy. And it's well done. The scares I liked a lot in It Follows. But there's something about it that just felt a little weird, a little off, a little not perfectly solid in my opinion i don't know it's not one of my favorite horror movies but i respect it um and i think smile owes a lot to it follows uh, let me check my list i have one movie left on my list i'm at 43 minutes I'm I'm tired. I'm out of breath. The the way I'm laying down right now is uncomfortable. My dog Callie is here, sleeping peacefully inches away from me. But she can be a monster sometimes. She bit me one time, like right on the nose, like hard and deep where I, I was like gushing blood out of my face because of this tiny dog 
Um, so if you, if you ever meet my dog, and I'm not going to say her name again because I don't want her to wake up. She's sleeping peacefully. But be careful. Keep your nose out of bite shot of my dog's mouth. I'm going to end this episode of the podcast that no one will probably ever hear in the history of time. You know, I was thinking earlier today that the reason why I continue this podcast is because I watch these movies and I enjoy talking about them. I enjoy thinking about them. And I feel like I have a a lot of thoughts and I need to exercise these thoughts out of my brain and for some reason committing them to archival audio recording feels satisfying to me, even if no one listens to it. I don't know. I like it. It's therapeutic. And um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that thought process. So I will end this episode with Under the Skin. I watched this a few years ago because Pat Walsh mentioned it. I believe he mentioned it in because he was talking about Stranger Things and Stranger Things rips off a lot of movies, a lot of things like, I guess, Spielberg. It rips off Under the Skin. It rips off um, Donnie Darko. It's one of the reasons I never really got into Stranger Things, even though I kind of enjoyed it, kind of enjoyed it fairly enough. I don't know if that sentence made sense. Sorry. Um, I watched season one, liked it fine. Se- watched season two, liked it fine. I have not seen season three or season four. I'm not really interested in it. And I heard season three was bad, but I heard season four was better. But I no interest. No interest. Um, The first time I watched Under the Skin, I didn't like it. A little too weird for me. And Pat Walsh likes weird movies. He keeps he, I he's mentioned Titan a few times, and I I haven't finished it. I don't think I can. Titan is a weird movie, and you know after she sticks like a cho- a chopstick up her cooch. I was like, I I don't know what I'm watching, and I'm not enjoying this, and I don't want to keep watching. So I don't know if I will ever watch or finish watching Titan, but it was it was Pat Walsh's favorite movie of that year, which I don't get. So I decided to watch it again, and. I'm not going to say I loved Under the Skin, but I definitely liked it a lot more the second time. And I appreciated it a lot more the second time. And I really tried to put my phone down and watch this movie because 
I don't know why because I just wanted to, but I gotta say Scarlett Johansson I find to be painfully hot, attractive, good looking. Um you know, when I was a kid, my girl used to, well, my quote-unquote girl, my favorite girl, my favorite actress was Rachel Lee Cook. I remember when I was 14, I wrote her a letter, and she was like 19. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. I remember writing her a letter and being like, life is so unfair. I'm 14 and you're 19 and we'll never, we can never be together. You're so much older than me. Which the age is the least, uh, least effective factor separating me from a Rachel Lee Cook. Um, never mind class status. Never mind her being outrageously attractive, me being an oaf, a short, overweight, depressed, anxious bitch of a person. Um, but I think, I think after Rachel Lee Cook, I think my new quote unquote favorite girl, favorite actress, favorite crush might be Scarlett Johansson. I she is I don't want to focus too much on her looks but she's she's beautiful she's hot uh, me saying she's beautiful it sounded so corny Jesus Christ um anyway before anyone gets too creeped out myself included let's just move on but she's very very good in this movie and under the skin, like I saw an article, I saw a post, a website recently that said the definitive explanation of under the skin and the headline for the post turned me off because I was like the definitive explanation, like that's kind of cocky for you to name the headline of your post, the definitive explanation of under the skin. Um, I didn't read it. Too cocky for my blood, bitch. The movie is very interesting. There's a lot of cool visual stuff happening in the movie. Not a lot of it is explained. And, you know, there's... It's basically, well, I don't know if it's basically, but Scarlett Johansson plays an alien. And at the beginning of the movie, she's like learning how to speak Earth's language. So you could hear her sounding out words. And at the beginning of the movie, Scarlett Johansson is nude. And she's undressing this girl. And the way it's shot, it, it almost feels like animalistic. 
the way like a hyena is biting at the carcass of a dead animal. You know what I mean? It's it's a little hard to explain other than the words that I just said. But that's how that's what it reminded me. So she's removing the clothes of this girl who's I don't know if the girl's dead or comatose. Well, she's not dead because a tear comes out of her eye, but she's not moving. And Scarlett Johansson removes the clothes of this girl and puts it on herself. And a lot of the movie, it it's like she's observing humans and human behavior. And there's a lot of scenes of like showing the the monotony. Is that a word? The monotoneness of humanity. There's a montage of like people walking in the mall, people um, waiting in line for the ATM. Uh, other examples that I can't think of. You know, she meets a guy who's like listening to music and he's like tapping his feet. And Scarlett Johansson starts tapping her hand. It's like subtle. They don't really focus on it, but a lot of this movie is subtle. She like... Uh, it's not really explained, but like... She tries to, uh, I don't know, bring back strange men back to her place, I guess. And again, it's not really explained. It's based on a book where the, the aliens like harvest human flesh for meat because it's valuable or something. But in this movie... She she brings them back to her. There's an explanation in the Wikipedia, and it's it's interesting. Let me let me look at this. What the fuck? Writing for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Dwayne Dudek speculated that Johansson's character assumes a human identity to collect information about humans as an alien intelligence might. Inducing an identity crisis, causing her to spin out of control like a broken machine. He wrote that the motorcyclist can be interpreted as a companion, enabler, or pursuer, and that the tar-dark world where the woman submerges her victims may be a nest, a web, another planet or dimension, or a visual representation of how sex feels to her or them. Um... That's kind of interesting. So she 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 specifically targets men with like men who are single, men who are alone, men who have no attachments, men who's who no one will notice if something happens to them, almost as if a sing a serial killer might target men. And Scarlett Johansson is doing kind of like a British accent. She's very good in the movie. She appears nude in a few scenes, but 
you know, the, the lighting, it's kind of dark and hard to see. And I wish I could say like, oh, I didn't see Scarlett Johansson on the screen. I saw an alien. But I was like, no, it's Scarlett Johansson nude and she's outrageously attractive. But she's very good in the movie. I'm, I'm, what the fuck phone? Leave me alone. The movie is very interesting. It's very weird though. It's, it, it's hard to access a bit, but I did like it a lot more on the second viewing. I found it a lot more interesting and I feel like I appreciated it more. Um, the sad thing about it at the end of the movie, because at the end of the movie, because she has a lot of human experiences, right? She's driving around. So she learned how to drive. She's, I don't know how to describe it. Eating men, um, devouring men, um, consuming men. And this at the end of the movie, what what's kind of a bummer to me because obviously I think this movie is open to interpretation and what you might believe it's different from what I might believe. But what what bummed me out at the end of this movie is that she it's an alien trying to experience humanity. And what it means to be human. And at the end of the movie, she is molested. And then this guy tries to rape her. And then the guy lights her on fire and kills her. So I feel like it's almost... It's almost like one interpretation is like, it's almost like saying the quintessential female human experience is to be molested, raped, or almost raped, and then killed. Uh, it's almost like saying that's the... It's hard to, it's hard to say that's the purpose of a, a woman's existence, but... It's almost like she accomplished what she set out to do, which is to to have the the ultimate human female experience. And at the end of the movie, the movie is like saying, well, there you, you get to have it. You were molested, raped, and then killed. Uh, I'm sure that's not everyone's interpretation, but the, it's it's a very dour observation of the movie for sure. But an interesting movie. And Scarlett Johansson is very good in it. Um, I think you should check it out. You know, the score is talked about. Her performance is talked about. The, I guess there's a TV show. In January 2020, Deadline reported that a television series based on the film was in development. That was January 2020. It is now November 2022. 
who knows if that'll happen but i'm kind of glad that this movie exists and i'm glad that johansson agreed to do it and she that she found the that she f- found the movie um compelling enough to be attached to it um i was re i'm looking for it oh, here it is Gemma archerton Eva Green, January Jones, Abby Cornish, and Olivia Wilde were considered for the lead. I'm glad it went to uh, Johansson, though. Archerton was Glazer's first choice, but the film needed a bigger star to get funding. Which is kind of a bummer, but I like that Scarlett Johansson got it. The more I hear about Olivia Wilde, the more I kind of dislike her, which is unfortunate. Because I liked her a lot in House. And um, I I used to think she was like really pretty. And now it's like all I hear about her is that she seems to be kind of a duplicitous kind of gross person. I don't know. Unfortunate. I would have liked Gemma Archerton in this role. Eva Green. I don't know about January Jones. I don't know about Abby Cornish. But I'm glad it went to Scarlett Johansson. I think it's worth a watch. Her, She's, she's really good in it. Because, you know, once you go Marvel, you don't... You don't really get a chance to shine. Not really. You know what I mean? It's like what Pat Walsh said. Marvel is a star. So Marvel is what shines. And if you can... Like, Robert Downey Jr. gets to act. And, you know, to some extent, I like Chris Evans in that first Captain America movie. He he got to act. And it felt like a good performance. But for the most part, it's like it's a lot of special effects and a lot of action antics. And even in that Black Widow movie, I didn't like Scarlett Johansson in that movie. Especially at the end, I really didn't like her performance. But I don't blame her. I I blame Disney and I blame Marvel. Like, you know, but this movie, it's... It's a small movie. It's an interesting movie. Definitely worth the watch. Definitely worth checking out. Um, Under the Skin. Um, I don't know. Like she really gives off the performance that she's an she's an alien. Like even when the scenes were the slow, slow moving scenes of her looking in the mirror. Like you really believe that this is an alien. Like looking into the mirror like what what is this what what am i who am i it's like a an identity crisis and that really plays off in her performance she's really good in it i think you should check it out i think i've said that 50 billion times um i'm past the hour mark i'm at an hour three so i think i should just cut this off now 
Um, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Um, happy belated Thanksgiving, I guess. I hope your holidays are good and safe. Stay good to one another. Take care of each other, please. Um, thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me. <laughs>